Well, what are we to think about demons? I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. And this is Thinking About It, and we are thinking about demons, not just the- theoretically and theologically, but demons in the course of pastoral care. Uh, Stan, sometimes we're dealing with people uh, who manifest all manner of abnormalities. We think, is this medical? Do we need a professional? Do we need a a psychologist, psychotherapist, or something uh, is out of my realm. Maybe it is, but a lot of pastors, myself included, find ourselves in a circumstance where we don't we don't know what's going on, and yet they come to us for help. Uh, there's sin involved quite often, and uh, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, where in your Word do I turn? How do I help this person? And do I encounter? the demonic world, as uh, many authors are suggesting that we specialize in not so much focusing on the individual and his responsibility, but we address demons, we confront demons, because that's the problem. And so uh, if in the course of 13 minutes we can resolve this, I think there'd be a lot of pastors who would be grateful. Yeah, once and for all. (laughs) (laughs) But I I have to get assurance, first off, that I haven't done anything to provoke you to think about demons, right? No, my computer has. Oh, but, okay, but not I, you. Yeah, I, I I understand that one. Yeah, I I mean the the topic sort of comes and goes in terms of of its uh, popularity. Uh, right now, it seems it's not constantly uh, in the conversation, uh, and maybe that's just because. <laughs> We got too many other things dominating the conversation yeah. right now, but it is true. Um, I, I mean, I remember in pastoral experience, I, I, had, I've had very little encounter with with what I would say was obviously demonic activity, but there is the whole problem of how do I know? Uh, how would I recognize it? I'll, I'll never forget uh, a few years ago. Now, um, you were probably pastoring in Toronto then. We had Pastor Robert here. Pastor Robert and his wife yes, Sarah from Sitio. Uganda. Yep. And and while they were here, I remember conversations with, with Robert in which he would say something like, well, obviously the demons are afflicting that person. And, and we here would tend to say, uh, well, how do you know that? And he would say, well, it's obvious. So, it it confirmed what I've what I've thought for a long time, and that is, I don't see in the Bible any any kind of a manual that says, okay, now here's exactly how you identify the demon, and here's exactly how you respond. It, it's, I mean, we have prayer and fasting mentioned, but it's not like we have an extensive manual, the sort of thing that some people have tried to write. So I suspect. A lot of what we know about dealing with demons, we know from believers who have had more experience. What about the encounters in Scripture where Jesus confronts the legion and casts him out? Is that something that we should expect in our pastoral ministry? Well, I, I, I think probably a part of the answer is uh, yes, if we encounter people who manifest the same kind of outward symptoms 
that you have going on in a in a biblical account like that. So if if I encounter someone who speaks with multiple voices and shows incredible strength and throws himself into the fire or whatever, the kind of bizarre behavior we see, I I've probably got to say that looks demonic and I need to invoke the power of God. I need to pray that God will intervene powerfully to to get rid of this demon. Do you think in Jesus' case the advantage was that he had insight to the problem? Because I suspect that there are some mental disorders that would resemble what we would say demon possessions, and we don't know the difference, but maybe Jesus did, and that's why he could, in a unique way, address it for what it was. But I don't know if I would know that. Well, we're certainly told that he knew the things that were inside of people in a way that the average person didn't. Now, do you explain that in terms of his his deity taking mm-hmm. over at that point, or do you explain it in terms of Jesus as prophet, empowered by the Spirit? Either way, he had insight beyond mm-hmm. what other people had. So we, I think we probably would have to say in all humility— we we can't determine exactly what's going on in the same way he did. We know from the gospel accounts where we we have him described as casting out demons and healing people of disease that the gospel writers aren't saying disease is always about a demon. But some diseases, some mental illness manifests itself in ways that are very bizarre and and that may signify uh, demonic activity. Now, you know, we can also wander down the trail of talking about demon possession versus uh, being afflicted merely by demons. And there, it's 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 not like you have an, an, that neat distinction within the Bible. You just have phraseology about people being demonized or mm-hmm. having a spirit, having a demon. Um you don't have the technical distinction between possession and oppression or something like that. But we know that all of us are in spiritual battle. Paul says that in Ephesians 6. We are in spiritual warfare. And yet, when Paul talks there about the weapons that we have, faith, righteousness, gospel, peace, prayer, mm-hmm. it's the, the basics of being a Christian, a Jesus followers. So I take it we we have the resources to push back, but we do have to pray at a pastoral level. We have to pray for wisdom from God to understand what is going on here. Is this about medication? Is it about um, psychological but non-physical issues? Is it about demonic issues? We got to pray for wisdom when we're dealing with real people. Do you think when we talk about spiritual warfare, and I, I know, I, sh- I think I know the answer to this question uh, from Ephesians that uh, there is uh, the, the principalities and the spirits that we do warfare against. But I don't think that's everything that spiritual warfare is. I think spiritual warfare can include battle against my flesh, my old nature, if you will. Would, would you agree with that? Sure, that's a part of our spiritual battle as well. And, and I do think it's important to, to recognize um, a text like Second Timothy two, when when Paul is telling Timothy how to how to deal with false teachers, whom he describes there as actually being held captive by the devil, 
And he says to Timothy, you deal with those people by, by, by kind, gentle, patient teaching. You confront them in a patient way with the truth in order that God might deliver them from this snare of the devil. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes we experience confrontation with demons in very outward and powerful ways that may require uh, a very unusual kind of prayer, prayer and fasting, etc. But sometimes spiritual warfare is about opposing false teaching. It's mm-hmm. about opposing desires of the flesh, to use Paul's terminology, sinful desires that still mm-hmm. are there and lingering, even when we have been made new persons. Spiritual warfare is is is, is a large topic, it mm-hmm. would seem. You know, from time to time, uh, we as elders here at Grandview have been requested for special cases to gather around someone at their request uh, for prayer. Because there is, uh, from James, that invitation to gather the elders if, if you're sick. Maybe it's a certain kind of sickness, but the, the idea of a special prayer meeting to focus on a special concern would that be something that you could imagine uh, churches doing when someone is in uh, the bond of Satan, if, if, or they're not sure, they think it is? Would we say, okay, this is special. We need to gather around this person and just pray over him. Uh, and you hear about exorcisms where they'll do something like that because they seem to know it's a confrontation with uh, demons, and so they'll gather around that person and to my understanding, they'll read scripture, they'll pray, and they just won't let up until the victory is won. Why would we not do that, after all? I mean, if, if a brother or sister is in great distress, and it appears that this is not just your average kind of struggle in life, why would we not do that? Um, in discussion with the apostles, Jesus used language about this kind doesn't come out except yeah. by prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about supernatural power here. So we're talking about invoking God's power. Why would we not uh, engage in, in extended, uh, intensive prayer? Some, someone might say that uh, you, you can be guilty of the vain repetitions, Right that faith is asking and believing, whereas if you persevere, and I think there's something about persevering in prayer, but if you keep asking the same thing over and over again, there, there are some who might say, what do you think God is? Just ask him and be done with it already. If you believe, then just ask. Someone might say, that's how you might approach these things and the all-night prayer vigils, where you're persevering and crying out to God might not be necessary, and they might even be signs of lack of faith. Well, obviously nothing we do is, is strictly necessary. God has all power, and God, God can act in whatever way he chooses. He can eliminate whatever evil he chooses to eliminate, whether you and I ask him to or not. So... So in a sense, none of it's necessary, and yet, and yet we do have Jesus' encouragement to persevere mm-hmm. in prayer. Mm-hmm. Luke 18, uh, comes, and a parable there comes to mind. Um, here again, I, I mean, 
I think we're, we're probably in a situation where we need to pray that God will help us understand how much investment is needed from us in this. I mean, if we believe that, that the Holy Spirit guides us along the way, and sometimes the Spirit intervenes with very direct promptings, then why would we not pray mm-hmm. for wisdom uh, in, a, in a context like that? I, going back to my pastoral experience, what I, what I think we really need to avoid is the idea that um, a key to sanctification is we've got to identify a demon responsible for every, uh, every sin that may show up in my life, cast out that demon, and then I'm free. I've had to deal as a pastor with the disillusioned people mm-hmm. who'd been told, oh, yeah, you know, that your problem with lust? Well, okay, we've cast out that demon. You're free, man. And 24 hours later, he's on the phone to me saying, what happened? I'm obviously not free. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, the Bible doesn't give us a neat and tidy picture about all this, mm-hmm. but, but we need to take seriously the reality of, of the, the spirit world. The I world think sometimes uh, I don't know what to do, and my prayer is, is just is crying, God, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. What do I do? You know, and next thing you know, it, half an hour has gone by, and you, you haven't been specific, but you've just been pouring out your frustration uh, to God, asking for guidance, and I think it's a very human thing for us who need daily bread. We need so much from the Lord to just go to him when we don't know what else to do and just ask him like they did in Acts, behold your children. Lord, look at what's going on. And I, I think if we did that in in uh, the face of some of this demonic oppression that we're not sure of, I think God understands his children bring that to him, and he it is a sign of faith when we just bring it to God and ask him to deal with it in in a way that uh, he sees fit that we might not even understand. And we believe that he will give wisdom when we ask in faith for it, just as he said he would. Amen. And the, the wisest thing we can do is pray. Indeed. And say, Lord, help this dear brother. Indeed. So, uh, Stan, I not, I'm not looking for a season in the life of our church of demonic activity such as we've seen before. Uh, as you say, there's enough things, or many things that are on our table right now that keep us busy. But uh, I think it's good for us to, in times of calm, think about how we relate to the demonic world. Well, Stan, uh, that's all the time that we've got to uh, talk about this subject. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to our Thinking About It podcast. Keep on thinking.